The sword is the key to racism. I'm Justin. I burnt my thumb on a Pop-Tart. I'm Jackie. Please exit the Secret Order's maximum secret lair through the gift shop. I'm Sam, and this is Templar Nation on Stinker Madness. What's that smell? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Hello and welcome to Sticker Madness, the podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin, with me are always Sam and Jackie. This week on the show, we've got part two in our Templar trilogy, starting last week with uh, Outcast, uh, starring a couple guys. And uh, this week, uh, Templar Nation, currently streaming on Amazon Prime, uh, starring nobody we've ever heard of or are ever going to care about again. But, Wait, uh, that's not true. Okay. Oh, Eric Estrada. Yeah, Eric Estrada is okay. in there. <laughs> is he in chips. Is he starring? I don't know. Uh, either way, uh, then next week we'll follow that up with Jackie's pick of uh, National Treasure. Uh, this one is Sam's, a treasure that he's hung on to for quite some time and not shared with the masses. So, Sam, I'm going to let you go ahead and take over and uh, explain the best you can about what the fuck Templar Nation even is. Okay. So Templar Nation is not just special because of how bad it is, but this is in that Neil Breen, uh, Tommy Wiseau wheelhouse here. This is the, of I consider them the three vanity pieces gone awry, which is the Fateful Findings, The Room, and this movie. And I actually think this is the worst vanity piece gone awry out of the bunch because... The guy that does it is Joseph James. Okay. He's the one who shows up halfway through the movie as the, you know, sword master of the Ginaz or whatever. And sword master this one. Who? Oh, sword master of the Ginaz is doing business. Okay. But I don't. Re- so the, the guy that made this is in the movie. He, the executive producer. And I thought that he had a writing credit because I've had my eye on this for a long time. When you went to uh, his Wikipedia page or his. No, he didn't have one, but we went to his bio on IMDb. He had a bunch of Swordmaster stuff in there mm. uh, about five, six years ago, and he's backed off a lot of his own blowing his own horn bullshit because of how not a Swordmaster he is in this movie that's about him being a Swordmaster. Oh, so he's, he's not a hopsologist? He's the son. Robert. The son is the executive producer, yes. Gotcha. Okay. All and that's right. why we have... <laughs> Him doing push-ups in front of the camera, uh-huh. all of those things. Like, he's made himself the world's most eligible Templar right. in this film. <laughs> uh, well, if you're going to make an online dating profile, I mean, Templar. this guy n- nailed it. Some people sit in front of tigers, other guys LARP. Yeah, well, I, they, the eHarmony told him that you're, 
your eHarmony video can't be a whole movie that you made about yourself being a sword master. <laughs> if everybody did that, the servers would get clogged up. You know, it's interesting that you bring up eHarmony, Sam, because I believe eHarmony matches you on nine profile points. Templar My business. My God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Richard Dutcher is the Templar guy who talks slowly. I also don't think that Joseph James was ready for how much screen time that guy was going to steal by talking that goddamn slow. Right. Like, you can't tell that he, the movie's not about him because he took so long to deliver his lines, he's now in half the movie when he probably wasn't really in half the script. Yeah, right. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he, his character was supposed to die in the original script and he was like, nope, I am a Templar. <laughs> yeah, I am a Templar. It's so, it's not as bad the second time. The first time you watch him deliver lines when you watch this the first time, it's comedic. After about his fourth line, you just start giggling because he sucks so bad. Mm -hmm. And his deal is he was in God's Army, which was a bit of a Sundance darling kind of for the, you know, when a religious movie sort of gets makes that much noise. It's like, oh, wow, look at that, uh, which was a... Uh, missionary movie that the LDS church put out, I think okay. in conjunction with BYU films. And I feel like this looks like it's their equipment. I can't really say that BYU had anything to do with this. Cause I think they scrubbed their name off of it pretty good, but it seems like he went, he was having to make some of this in Utah. I'm not sure. Um, for the most part, that's all there is to know about this movie is that this guy made this thing about himself so that we could all see how awesome he is. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Fail. Fail. So how come uh, in your in your big uh, vanity piece gone awry uh, collection, you didn't add Birdemic? The guy that made that isn't in that. Uh, his restaurant is. His restaurant is, but that's actually the best part of the movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Everything else sucks. Like, by leaps and bounds, like, Birdemic might only be worth watching once to see his restaurant. Yeah. Like, that's, that movie stinks. So if he had, if, if James Nguyen had been in Birdemic, if he was, like, the lead action guy and he sucked, uh, would it would that have put it into that, uh, that mold for you? Well, no, he would have had to do one done what all three of these people have done with Breen and Wasau and now Joseph James is that they actually think they're that awesome. Mm, mm -hmm. And the way it goes awry is it turns out that you're just some weird guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, that was uh, good information. Real, real long uh, homework that you did on this one. Considering well, it's one of your favorite movies. <laughs> I know, but that's all there is to know. I've been reading about, I've read everything that there is to know about this, and I've watched his interviews about his other movies, The Masons, because he, he keeps up on it. Mm -hmm. He still has on his bio, he's a 67th Dan Mason or something. What does that even mean? I don't know. Like, he his levels of masonry are, like, so high that I... Other Masons don't even know whether they can balk at him or not because they don't even understand it. Like, what are you even talking about? It's how like L. Ron Hubbard. That? You just make how up you, your own rank. How do you get 62 ranks and being... That doesn't make any sense. I've got all the midi-chlorians, so therefore I'm in charge. 
What? What are midichlorians? I just want to know, Sam, if, if we had to expect a vanity piece from you, what would that look like? Yeah. I made one. I think Justin saw it. It was called The Basic Detective Story. And it was just me smoking cigarettes in a tight t-shirt and beating dudes up. <laughs> it was way fucking better than this. And it was only like six minutes long, too. I didn't want to, you know, just give people a taste. They can come after. The ladies can come after the rest of it later, right? Yeah, you've right. only got so much vanity to put in your vanity piece. Six minutes is yeah. your time limit. Oh, man, I got to start throwing myself under the bus again. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. No, I just knew that the ladies only needed to see six minutes of my action, and then they were going to be all up on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't go awry, though. It was, it was very well received. Okay, so I think because this movie is so chock full, uh, and we are on a time limit this week, uh, I would love to spend four hours delving into every single scene of this film, because that's the type of movie it is. It, when Sam puts it next to Faithful Findings and, and and the room, the reason is, isn't just because the overall piece to it, it's that each individual scene is its own contained bad movie. There's, even when nothing is happening, there is still so much fucking happening in every single shot. that There's just no way we're going to be able to, we'd be here all day. So for the most part, we're going to hit some major plot points. But I want to talk more about the idea of this film than anything. Does that make sense to you guys? So we're having a vanity piece a podcast bit, on you? A bit. A about bit, what you a bit, want? And... A bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Are you a hopsologist by chance? I am not. But let's get into that right away. Uh, the idea of being a hopologist, and we had to really do some homework on this and to find out what a hopologist is. But as Joseph James claims to be in the in the film, his character is a hopologist, which according to his terms means, and not even to his terms, but to like the, the, the loose inferences that we have to make about what that means is that he knows about old weapons. Something like that, yeah. Like he's an outside consultant. If you ever need to call a guy and be like, hey, did the Romans have uh pointy helmets or like the fuzzy uh marvin the martian style helmets you'd have to call this guy well yeah. that if you needed Go if ahead. you needed an expert to laugh at you when there's really no reason for laughter because he knows so much about swords you're gonna call <laughs> this guy you buffoons not to mention yeah. he he could get a gig on the antique road show mm. yeah yeah that's not a bad call but oh they They'd kick him off. He's too much of an asshole. Well, right, but not because of the idea of his knowledge. Maybe maybe there is a hopologist on the Antiques Roadshow. Yep, and he's like, Yo, th no, this is some piece of shit that you picked up at a flea market in some hobunk town, and they told you it was a real bayonet, and you know what this is? This is some guy made this in his garage. Yeah, you bought this at a, at a flea market in BFE, Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fire poker from a truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, if you were to start your own knowledge, uh, a path of of knowledge, uh, like an ologist, and you delved into ancient weapons, why would you call it hopologist? Isn't that implying you're knowledgeable about something else, like beer, like hops, beer? 
I yeah, but maybe Hops has a Latin name, and so you get to be snooty about that too. Well, then what is what's a guy that you know? You got the like the wine people there. You you get really good educations and go be a wine knowledgeable person, whatever the uh, uh, Salmonier is that right? Oh, Salmonier, you mean those, yeah. those annoying fuckers that won't leave you alone when all you're trying to do is just get drunk on the cheapest bottle that they have in the restaurant and they want to tell you all about the flavor and blah, blah, blah. You're like, no, this is a table wine. It was $10. Fuck off. They don't, where they have Salmonier's, Jackie, they don't have table wine. Oh. Salmonier's yeah, work at the winery. I've never been actually, anywhere fancy. You want them to tell you about the wine. That's why you're there. Why you're there. <laughs> They're good people. <laughs> yeah. Salmonier's are great. Uh, so what would be a beer guy of the same? Bob the I Hobo. I believe that it's the beer guy version of that is just a mid-twenties hipster in flannel okay. that works at the behind the bar. You can't get a doctorate. You can't get a doctorate in, in hops. You can become a brewmaster, but then you're making it, but then you actually know about it. So and I that's think just that's what you're the, called is a brewmaster. Yeah. What like so the school of study is brewmasterologist? I don't know. Yeah. There's probably a beer sommelier position guy. He's got a big mustache, I'm thinking. <laughs> There's just one. He competes yeah. at all the mustache competitions. Well, he can't because he would just have hops and, and foam in his beard, in his mustache. That's how he gets it to to do the little curlies and stuff. Oh, it's wax, huh? Yeah. It's just old beer, and then he just kind of combs it out, and it's like, there you go. Okay. Now I have a sweet mustache that looks like an octopus. All right, so I think we beat hopology to death. Uh, but it is a thing, uh, the study of a, uh, ancient uh, battle tactics and maneuvers and weaponry. Uh, so they at least sort of injected his own vanity improperly, I guess. I don't know. He looked up enough on Wikipedia first to not like have everybody immediately call him an asshole. Right, right. Until he starts doing push-ups. Oh, yeah, this was one of my favorite scenes with him. I'm not here to babysit you. Do those sit-ups. And then he goes to the push-ups and he's doing them. And you almost think that they're going to cut away from his knees because at some point he has to go down on his yeah. knees to finish the push-ups. He's not a good pusher-upper. And then he starts clapping and you're like, he is going to eat shit. Yeah. Like, how many takes? Like, hold on, guys. I didn't like that clap. I ate shit on my face. And now I need a long break because I am not good at push-ups. I'm not built for this. No. He starts out his amazing training montage doing curls of a bar with no weights on either side. Right. He's, he's just he's curling 45 pounds with both arms. And like, he, he's the shot isn't like he's like. Like he's fucking Stallone lifting big bales of hay like, hey, I can do this. He is struggling in the shot like, ah, this is the heaviest thing on the earth. It's the bar guy. <laughs> And they have curl bars. You're actually doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Oh, my God. All right. So Templar Nation uh, is the story about a professor. We mostly follow the professor dad along. Uh, professor Sinclair is what his name is. And uh, he's, I guess, also a professor of antiquities. He's, he's basically Indiana Jones, right? Well, he changes his satchel too many times to be Indiana Jones. Okay, he's got yeah. a fashionista about yeah. him. Okay, he's a little it, less, well, uh, uh, more concerned about what's happening at uh, L.L. Bean, per se, than, say, uh, good old Indy. But uh, he, he's, he's a shitty Indiana Jones. Like, 
Yeah, he wants to be Indiana Jones, but the only thing in the universe that is less Indiana Jones than this guy is the vacuum of space. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, there's nobody that has ever tried to be Indiana Jones and missed by as wide a margin as Richard Dutcher. Right, yes. Uh, mostly because he is... Well, he is action-packed. Um, there's, like, for the most part, this guy just kind of fumbles around walk limping on his cane like he's maybe he's also got a little bit of yoda in him you know because yoda's kind of a surprise when uh he he flipped like, that guy can't do anything he's tiny and he walks with the cane what's yoda gonna do to me and then he fucking whips your ass and you're like shit i shouldn't judge a book by its cover that's kind of what uh we got here with professor sinclair well i think that's what we're supposed to believe but we see him in action and he sucks <laughs> no he's, he's plus beautiful eric estrada is actually yoda in this movie yeah yeah that's true so uh, he's already got Yoda. Eric so Estrada, we should mention, dies in the first scene of the movie and manages the- to be in the entire movie mm-hmm. anyway. Right. So Eric Estrada's character is like his old college buddy. Like they went to doctorate school together or something. And they've been colleagues this whole time of Templars. Because the thing is that the movie it tells us at the beginning is that these gentlemen are studying studying Templars. They're continually doing research on Templars to find out, you know, everything they can about him, including what happened to them. Which is kind of dick when you really think about it, because we find out later that Eric Estrada is a Templar. Hey, spoiler! <laughs> so, uh... He already had all the answers. He's just being a fuckhead to his poor professor friend. Well, he already has all the answers, too. But that's my point is that the film is telling us that these guys are have teamed up to become the the penultimate scholar scholastic scholarly guys on the Templars. The foremost authority of Thank Templar you. at college study, right? Which seems to be probably highly extracurricular if you're uh, at a university. So, Jackie, what class do you think? I'm bringing a question now. What class do you think this guy actually teaches? English 101. Ah! <laughs> yeah. See, I was going to say semester one of Western Civ. Yeah. And yeah. most everybody falls asleep. <laughs> Either that, or he's doing the student introduction to how to study. In oh, college. Ouch. I believe they call those university first courses. Yeah. <laughs> but I am a Templar as well. Yeah. So you should listen to me about uh, how to get studying done properly. Hey, stop making out in the back. I'm trying to talk up here. <laughs> Do you think that they made him get the uh, same branding that in, in, uh, but he had that back tattoo in the last movie? Of the- oh, oh, uh, Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, let's table that till the end because let's not talk about him being a Templar for too much. But, but that's what the film is is telling us is that he's researching Templars, and he gets uh, a call that Erica Estrada has been murdered, and Erica has Estrada has been murdered by uh, somebody who busts into his study chambers, and uh, they're they're dressed in cloaks. We don't know what they are. They're just cloaked bad guys. Well, we find out that they're progs or something like that. Plogs. Yeah. And they were commissioned by the Pope to kill Templars. Right. Yeah, because of the... Like, whatever, how many thousand years or hundred years ago, 
Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they also like trudge you through all this history of things where all of these Templar movies are like, mysteriously, they were commissioned. Like, why would the church get rid of these guys? I don't know, because they were just like rolling through whole towns and taking all the shit right. and not stopping that ever. They just turned into like a giant sweeping wave of consumption. They were essentially fancy Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these Vikings were honest about what they were like, you know, they're covered in their enemy's blood and they've got ear necklaces and, and stuff like that. But hey, you know, they're leaning into it. These guys are like, oh, no, we are the chosen ones. Also, I'm raping the shit out of your wife. So, and give me that gold necklace and your house. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll burn your house down. But hey, we're chosen by God. <laughs> They're dickheads. So anyways, so that's the premise that we're set up with. So Eric Estrada dies. He shoots off a, a last minute email over to his buddy, Professor Sinclair, uh, who can't decipher what it means, even though you know anything about anything, you know exactly what he sent. Um, he His dean comes in. And he's like, hey, uh, your bro died. I'm sorry about that all the time. I'm like, <laughs> that's a real bummer about your buddy dying. <laughs> he's totally smirking the entire time. And I mean, at some point when you just look up from your desk and be like, what the fuck are you smirking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which will get revealed later. Right. It's so weird how this is this is set up because it just doesn't seem like this character fits in anything, but he, I guess he does. Um, so he's like, "Oh, by the way, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really choked up about your buddy dying." But we've got some news. Um, you, we've we've heard about a new dig at Four Corners, so we think you should get down there. And it's a Native American dig, so you could get you know because that's your thing. You know, you're the Templar guy. But let's send you on this Native American dig. Maybe there's some Templar stuff there. He, there's no, it's not even established that, why are you sending him? Because it's well, the summer does. semester and they don't need him to teach, teach <laughs> the University 101 courses. Right. They just need him to be back by August. Yep, okay. And they did say that there was another university on it that defunded the project. So they're just like throwing him at some shit that no one actually else wants in the academic community. And they put this guy on it. Uh-huh. Exactly. So he heads down there. He's he's got his team with him, which his team I believe consists of his girlfriend. I think that they're together. Yeah, secretary. I, I, so I feel like their relationship is that yes, he loves her, but he keeps. What's the other guy's name? That's the fuck up. Robert. Melvin. No. Melvin. Oh yeah, Melvin. He brings Melvin, and so it's like a weird three-way thing where Melvin's having sex with her, but he's, like, in love with her or something, and that's how he runs his digs. So why would he bring Melvin to have sex with his girlfriend? Because he can't. Have you seen the size of this guy's gut? One, we know for a fact by after watching this movie, he will not walk down a hill unless it's absolutely necessary because the steep to get back up is just no bueno. And uh, two, if you're not willing to walk down a hill. Yeah, but A, you guys are missing a, sure, cuck, being a cuck is a, is a real thing, I guess. Uh, but uh, you're missing one vital factor. Uh, Melvin, 
why Melvin? I mean, I believe she has a little bit of say of like, okay, well, I guess you're not going to bang me. So, or you physically can't, or I don't even know if we want to, um, but I need some sweet loving. Give me some of that Melvin. Yeah. Maybe Melvin's got a huge dong. I, That's all I can figure. I think, I think Melvin's uh, role is a little bit uh, less, uh, uh, less sinister than that. I think Melvin just has access to pot. That's why oh. Melvin's around. We need Melvin on this one. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, where else are you going to, you know. Get us some peyote. We need some inspiration for this day. And then the fourth member of the team is there for her tits. Yes, exactly. And she is. Ooh, somebody did not know what they were doing with that character because she speaks Spanish. Uh-huh. They portray her to be uh, a Mexican-American. Uh-huh. Right? Sort of. And then we see uh, a... a Indian guy on a horse, right? That's watching him dig, and they're like, "Talk to him." She's like, "What?" I speak Spanish, you dumb fuck. Yeah, I don't speak whatever. What are they calling them? Assassins? The oh, Anasazi. Anasazi, which, which is another thing, and we'll get into that eventually. So, you speak Anasazi, right? Well, that's not Anasazi. Isn't a tribe of Native Americans, Jackie? I know, but in the movie, yeah, you speak. Oh, it's more. It's more racist than that. It's more like you speak Injun. The guy's name is Injun Joe. His name is Injun Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be the first one to say it. We have to. That's the character's goddamn name. It's his fucking name. It's well, he insane. has to go work with Double at Walmart. So, well, we'll get into that too. Okay, so so we've we've met the team. We got Melvin. We've got Marion. Is is the uh, Hispanic woman's name? Uh, and let's just go ahead and and I think between the room. And Faithful Findings and uh, this movie, uh, she's the hottest, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, she's yeah. way hotter. Like she's way too hot to be in one of these vanity pieces. Yeah. In fact, the blonde girlfriend of the old dude is hotter than the other ones, too. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll give you that. This guy's number two is better than any of the number ones in the other movies. Yeah, what's, what's going on, Neil and Tommy? Step it up. Uh, or don't. I can tell you what's going on. Okay. Very, I mean, look at them. Look, look at them? Look uh, at them. Tommy and Neil? Yeah. You, you think okay. Joseph James is, is more handsome than Tommy and Neil? He's, they're all batting well outside of their leagues and their choices of uh, female leads, yeah, say. Yeah. Cool. But the margin is wide on all three. It's just that this guy's starting from almost normal looking. Okay. And how, they are not. How many push-ups do you think Tommy Wasau can do? Probably quite a few. Yeah, okay, so there's that. How many push-ups do you think Neil Breen can do? I don't think Neil Breen knows what a push-up is. Okay, it's true. He, it, it, it's it's below him. Even if he could do a thousand of them, he would choose not to because... He's desert folk. Well, no, he's space folk. The man was yeah. literally born in space. So he's The push-ups weren't on the necessary knowledge placed on his magic rock. <laughs> okay, so there you go. At least Tommy could, you know... Do some push-ups. I, I don't know, man. Joseph James is, is not it, Sam. But uh, Well, he's definitely not it. I'm just saying that those guys have a little bit more of a deficit appearance-wise. They're also much older. But anyways. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? This guy mm -hmm. in this movie, James, he's he's got face rash for most of it. He does have face rash. It's weird. It's like, you know when you're a little kid and you suck on a bottle uh, like a Coke bottle, right? Mm -hmm. And then you, you get stuck on your lip. Yeah, yeah. It's like he did that with a jar. 
we had a friend in, in uh, junior high uh, that uh, got a Snapple bottle stuck to his lip and had to go have it surgically removed from the hospital. There was that much suction. He seriously sucked on the Snapple bottle cap for an entire day. And when they took it off, he had a second pair of lips underneath his lips. It was so weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. Safety first, kids. Um, yeah. I, before we go move on from Marion, mm-hmm. I just have to ask, is it worse? Because I think it is. It's worse to just point your camera down someone's shirt for eight scenes than to just put boobs in a movie. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Like, hey, okay. Didn't want to pay for them. Right. So they were just like, well, we'll just... Let's get what we can. Wear a V-neck t-shirt, lady. Yeah. It's- and there's nothing... That's just... At least there's some empowerment to a woman taking her shirt off. This is just bad. He's just staring down this lady's shirt. What it is, is going to a Mexican restaurant buffet, Sam, uh, with a plastic container, skipping all of the food, and just going straight to the sour cream and loading up your plastic container with sour cream and then going home. Yep. (laughs) I mean, we've all done it, but, you know. What? (laughs) Jackie's, uh, Jackie's, uh, uh, Mother, step. So my sister's my sister's husband. He his um his dad remarried, and she was a little nutter, and they took her to a buffet for Mother's Day. Wasn't it mm-hmm. in, in in Vegas? In St. Louis. Oh, in St. Louis. Okay. And she wanted to get the most for their money, so she took an entire salmon off of the buffet line and stuck it in her purse, rolled <laughs> up in napkins. <laughs> She just rolled it up in one of those cloth napkins that was sitting there, and she just took the entire salmon and put it in her purse. And then they were trying to take her out for, like, you know, mimosas and stuff after the buffet, and they were like, nope, I got to go home. (laughs) This thing's starting to stink. And they're like, why? And she's like, because I stole an entire salmon (laughs) off of the buffet line, and my purse is going to get ruined. (laughs) So dumb. Like, oh, God, fish, no, fish don't go in purses. Apparently, she could fit a whole fucking salmon in there, and those things are not small. How big was this purse? That's what I want to know. It's a duffel bag. And how did nobody notice this old woman just rolling up an entire salmon right in her purse? She can't zip it up because it's stuffed with shrimp at the top. She's like, God damn it, get these shrimp in here. I'm sure somebody noticed and was like, rather than say anything, just told somebody else, like, get, oh, well, we're going to win. Yeah. This is way better than what happened to Doug last week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, this entire time we get a bunch of sprinkling of flashbacks from Dr. Sinclair with his time with Erica Estrada. And the first one we get, they're hovering over Templar tombs in the library and focusing on the number nine. Nine this, nine that. It's a Templar. There was nine original Templars, and it took them nine months to train, and they were shut down in 1119. All these nines must mean something, which makes me go to my first question. Spoilers, please bring them if you got them. Does nine ever come into play in this movie? No. No. In fact, all of these scenes play against themselves. Anytime that they do the history bullshit, the very beginning, the title sequence, no one wants to read 
10 paragraphs about the Templars before you make a movie where you're going to just say all this shit again. Uh-huh. And also, it's all like, it seems like it's very elementary knowledge of the Templars. So, yeah, it's just, none of it works. It's it's so counterproductive and then at the same time hilarious because of how shitty it is. It's like you're like you're watching a movie about advanced mathematics and they're showing you how to add two and two together uh-huh. like over and over again, over and over again. Yeah. So and none of it matters because like in stupid stuff like the Da Vinci Code, at least all this stuff makes a roadmap to treasure. And I'm assuming National Treasure does the same thing, but he's just like harping on nine and it never comes into play it's not like there's some combo lock in one of the rooms where they have to oh well the answer is nine and the only person that could possibly know this is somebody who studied the templars as much as i have or if there would have been nine chambers that they had to go through trials yeah. but it was like four none of it yeah really really bad anyways okay so back at the dig site uh they've got melvin there he's got a seismograph he finds something after basically not knowing how a seismograph thing works after he figured out where the on button was yeah yeah right 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 <laughs> i thought you kick it to start it um and so they start digging meanwhile they're getting spied on by this guy in a leather jacket who i guess works for the what what did you call them the assassins the plogs the plogs or something like that progs whatever they were called i they don't know pl or pr I- Quite honestly, I'm making up a word because it sounded like prog to me at first, and then it sounded like plag, and then it sounded like plog, like a hair plog. Maybe like a praga. I think it was the praga. Yeah. I, I had a hard time understanding what they were saying. Yeah. No, the words in this movie do not line up with anything. Uh, so they're getting spied on by him, and he is getting spied on by Injun Joe, who the team doesn't know that Injun Joe, is, who he is. He's just some random Native American man that uh, is hanging around. That they could only get the sign off of one side of his truck. <laughs> yep. Right. Um. So they're not, they're not, they open up, or they get down to the bottom of the dig site and there's a casket in it. And in the casket is sure enough, a, a Knights Templar. And uh, they, there's a sword in it. And so they're really focused on the sword rather than actually like, hey, we found an ancient Templar in America. This is kind of a big deal, but let's get let's just deal with the sword. So Professor Sinclair's like, I don't know shit about swords. I'm going to call in some help. And that help happens to be my son, who is a hopologist. And he hasn't spoken to him in 15 years. Oh, my God. This fucking we got to put the drama in back in here. No, please take it out. Because they know too much about each other's current goings-on to have not spoken. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they're probably internet-stalking each other. Oh, they might be. Maybe. I don't know. But also, they've completely fucked up the dig site because they like he saw a cross and he's like, Oh, shit, this is the mother load. Break all the rules. <laughs> Here and they go. destroy the every everything is destroyed. Yeah. Except this fucking sword. Right. I was kind of surprised that they didn't take the uh, hat off of the skeleton and be like, look at me, I'm a Templar. (laughs) (laughs) Or like when they're leaving, like, okay, let's back it up for the night. And they just all step all over the skeleton, his skull's smashed by their feet. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, you fucking shitty archaeologist. Okay, so we meet Robert, and as discussed, uh, we get his stunning training montage where he really struggles to do push-ups. 
and any exercise at all. And why is it relevant that we see him training in a gym at all? So that he can tell us that he's going to be a consultant on a new video game. Right. Like that, that I think that's what his job is. He, the, how he makes money is just going around telling everybody that they're assholes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't understand why we need to get him set up to be an action guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's what he does through most of this movie is set up his action guy thing and then get fucking jacked up. I don't even remember him beating anybody. He gets punched across the room later in the movie. Correct. Yeah. He, I. Oh God. And so he goes and like, there's an entire scene of him doing his job where he's like, oh, I got to meet these, these dorks that are D and D players that are making a video game and tell them that they're fucking stupid. Uh, cut to that. And they're like, so what we want to do is we want to make a video game. Where and we've already got the programming done. We've got all the 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 uh, systems in place. The coding's done. The architecture, uh, our file systems all sorted out, and we've got a texture guy currently working on this. But what the yeah, concept is is they it's just a fighting game uh, with uh, essentially your characters can use whatever weapons and armor and mix and match throughout all of time. And the guy's like, "That's stupid." They've already made that game a couple times. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's not a new idea by any means. Like, this is, yeah, cool. That's a cool video game. Let's do it, is what anybody should say. And who cares if it's, a, you don't call a hopologist in and be like, so what do you think? Is that, like, legit? Well, no, not historically. That Of course not, uh, you know, but that's it's a video game. Have a good time, guys. You don't call this guy in. Could no, you, you do don't. some moves for our video game? We put this little ball suit on you. <laughs> and then they look at him and they're they're like, oh my God, this guy can't even do a push-up. No, we're out. <laughs> Let's get Andy Circus in here instead. Yep. What an asshole. I mean, he's a bigger tool than Rod from Perdemic, to tell you the truth. Rod is afraid of air. Yeah. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. But this guy sucks. Oh my God. Um, so he instantly goes, he gets a call from his dad, I guess, off screen. And he instantly goes to the, to the four corners dig site and, uh, ends up in the same hotel as everybody else while Marion is getting attacked because she's been put in charge of sword luggage. And, uh, the, the Plaga have sent, uh, uh that guy out to st not, to kill these guys, but to steal the sword and kill these guys. They know about the sword and its importance. He seems to be on to the idea that they're coming after him for the sword. So he sends it in with this lady to get stolen and she can get raped, I guess. I guess. That's his plan. Right. But his son, who says, I'll be there tomorrow, shows up that night and saves her. With his, with his fucking pocket knife. She's got an entire four foot broadsword and she's in a fairly uh a good defensive stance to kill this guy there's no way this guy can get past that sword no he's getting he's stabbed getting in the poked. tummy and then fucking robert comes in with his little pocket knife and the guy's like jesus christ and runs away and they have to cut because robert's standing in the door so he can't actually leave the shot right in the way that they made the movie. So they have to just cut to him 
they cut to her and then they cut to him gone and like whoa that was crazy and i'm like yeah that guy can teleport out of rooms <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it but is scared of robert not a giant sword oh man sucks so bad uh so they end up meeting up at the dig site robert's there he's being a little pouty butthole the entire time like dad you don't even talk to mom anymore so that means you're not even qualified to deal on this dig site they got divorced because of irreconcilable differences my god and then he didn't give any of his mom's letters to uh robert robert and so because he never wrote his mom back, his mom committed suicide. That's saying? what happened? No, that is that is what the story is yep. in yeah, this movie. Good Lord. <laughs> and that's why he hates his fucking dad is because he never got a chance to write his mom back a letter. Not because, you know, he couldn't just pick up a pen and right. he was waiting for her to make the first move. Right. No, I needed to get a couple of also, letters from her first. I didn't want to seem needy as a kid. Also, phones? Yeah. Well, then at the same point, like, why do you not love me, son? Because you made mom kill herself and you used me as the tool. Yeah. So that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, well. Bad parenting job is what that is. I think it's more of a bad sunning job. They're not good. Yeah. Yeah. Mistakes were made. Just pick up the phone and call your mom, dickbag. Also, mom, before killing yourself. You pick up the phone and call your son. I mean, there's a lot of fingers to be pointed in the problems of this relationship. And why we even have to do that anyways inside this Templar movie is another head scratcher. Like, who gives a fuck? (laughs) Oh, I know why. Let me fill you gentlemen in. Because they got divorced for irreconcilable differences, he was sent to camps. Like, like. Karate camps. Karate camps. And wrestling (laughs) camps. And sword fighting camps. And that's how he lived his life. On the road. And that's why he's a hopologist. Oh my god damn it. Or he could have just gone to school one day. (laughs) Like took a fencing class. Join the fencing team. I don't know. I don't know. Something. So anyways, Robert's like, oh, it's not possible that this sword even exists, man. It's This thing is from the 1300s-ish. And that can't be in America, so this whole thing's stupid, and I'm leaving. Also, that skull is really white, and it has all of its teeth. Yeah. (laughs) I think this one's a plant. (laughs) I think you brought this with you from the science lab. Yeah. And that professor's going to be pissed when the summer semester is over, because he's going to need that back in the fall. All right, so they're sitting around the campfire, and the professor's like, okay, here's the deal. Here's what I think happened. Uh, we got, uh, you know, the Oak Island and the, uh, Nazca lines and the Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster. See, they were all, they were all Templars. And so, mm-hmm. uh, they came from Europe, uh, after the Pope said, Hey, you Templars quit, uh, raping and pillaging. And, uh, they were like, Hey, let's, uh, let's go check out that, uh, place. The Vikings have been talking about that, uh, that America place. And so they yeah. came over here and started burying their treasures and linked up with the Native Americans and trained them to be assassin warriors? So this is at the same time that Joseph Smith's projection and Jesus are running around in America. Yeah, sure, okay. So they show up Uh and actually train the Native Americans to kill the Nephites and Jesus, I think, 
is how it all plays out. Yeah, right. Oh, and that's what led to the St. Louis Massacre and uh, the Mormon Exodus. Uh, no, I believe that they Tempos. just needed their uh, architectural skills to build them a base in the side of the mountain. Wait, and who, they were who willing... needed whose architectural skills? The Templars said, hey, we'll protect you if you build us a base, a sweet base like you did over there needed, with those bu- with those buildings. That's why they, they stopped and protected them from needed, the other tribes. They needed Native American architecture? Yes, they needed that. They made teepees. No, no, these ones, they were building uh, in the mountain buildings. Those are called yeah, caves. No, the adobe structures that have stood for thousands and thousands of years. They're, that's just, they're mud houses. <laughs> The Europeans had trellises and flying buttresses and archways and the Roman aqueduct system at this point that's still standing there. The Great Wall of China, all this adobe. We need these architectural masterpiece gentlemen. These the fucking what the Lloyd uh, Lloyd Kaufman. What the hell's the Frederick Lloyd Douglas, the architecture guy. You know what I'm talking about? Frank Lloyd Wright. We've got Frank Lloyd Wright of Native Americans over here building mud huts. That's what we want. (laughs) Well, they do because there's not any fucking wood around there. If you're going to settle in the middle of the desert, they probably need mud huts. Why did they go to the center of the desert? Because they're fucking idiots. (laughs) At this point, the syphilis has taken over dramatically. (laughs) And they're like, oh, this looks pretty good. Now Gary the Templar is in charge. Yeah, he's oh, the one with the Gary. least amount of syphilis. Right? <laughs> His nose is still on. Okay. Uh, so they think that the sword is a map to treasure, I guess. Right? The sword is the key. The sword is the key. Yeah, the sword is the key. It's got a sun on one side and some squiggly lines on the other. So that's a map, I guess, to where they need to go to find loot or something yeah or something and uh finally the professor puts it together hey where what's our starting point if only i could crack that email that erica strata has sent me that clearly is gps coordinates and only that and can only be that (laughs) there's nothing in there other than the coordinates which heavily implies that you should go to the coordinates. Right, right. Or look, even look it up. Like, he didn't bother to look up those coordinates while he was at the university. Now that they're in the middle of the desert, he's like, shit, I wish, man, I really should have printed that out on MapQuest. This guy is the worst archaeologist ever. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the spy gets the orders to kill them, to go in there, and take them all out and steal the sword. So he tries going down in there in the camp, but guess who fucking shows up? Injun Joe with a bow and arrow. And he shoots him from six feet away with a bow. It's amazing. It was pretty badass. Like, the guy, he's got a gun, and Injun Joe takes him out from six feet away with a bow and arrow. (laughs) Yeah, and then he takes the guy's gun and shoots it with him and calls him a bitch. I'm the original Homeland Security, bitch. (laughs) Bitch. That's right. (laughs) What? Amazing. Amazing. All right, so then Injun Joe walks down there, and he's like, hey, come with me if you want to live. And 
then somehow it becomes day because now they're getting chased by the Plaga Praga in their black Jeeps. Yeah. And also that Joseph James, the main character guy and engine Joe are just snarky with each other, Mm -hmm. trying to be the biggest snarky guy. Every time they're on screen together, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Injun Joe does not put up with Robert's, like, I'm cool shit. Like, no, you're not. You're a tool, dude, is what Injun Joe calls him. Well, you know, in James's defense, Robert, in the character's defense, he does also does not have a son that can go around dirt biking and hot dogging it. What, is the dirt bike kid Injun Joe's kid? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That should have probably been a little <coughs> more established or reused, this kid's importance to the whole thing. How they're going to get away from these Jeeps is by sending Joe's dirt biking son of a bitch kid to go out there and do some tricks and get a couple of heel clickers and a Superman and candy can. And those black Jeep driving guys won't have any choice but to be like, woo, look at him go! <laughs> <laughs> and then we just go away. And then we can come back in 20 minutes right? and they won't and be here anymore because they love dirt biking. They'll be stunned by the engine Joe's dirt bike kid. I was stunned by the dirt bike kid. Oh, the dirt bike kid. Cause I was, great. it, it comes from out of nowhere. And the only person in this movie that's good at anything is this kid's good at dirt biking. Right. And somebody, somebody's in charge of driving these black jeeps. And uh, let's just uh, let's just uh, infer that they've got radios or you know whatever, and they're communicating in between. But whoever's in charge of driving and planning saw Engine Joe and the sword and the rest of the team drive away in a Chevy pickup. This hot dog and dirt bike kid comes in and says, so he picks up the radio and says, "You know what? I'm too distracted by the dirt bike kid." Both of us must follow him instead of following the goddamn sword because the dirt bike kid who has no sword just leads them away from everybody. No, he rides a wheelie through there and every one of those black Jeeps guys goes, fuck that. Let's chase this kid. (laughs) He just fucking rode a wheelie through here. How does the dirt bike kid get away? How is the dirt bike kid not dead? Well, he can't catch that dirt bike kid. Well, maybe the gun can. I don't know why they tried. No, they're trying to catch him, and they couldn't because they were in jeeps, and he's in a dirt bike. So he's like Pokemon, like, oh, we'll put this dirt bike kid in like a a cage and keep him for later, so we can release him and see some more sweet hot dogging later. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. these guys are all That's descendants what... of Roscoe P. Coltrane, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, the next morning. Engine Joe drops him off, I guess, at the GPS coordinates or nearby. It kind of seems that way. He's like, bye. You guys are on your own. Be careful out here. I can't stick around because I've got a shift at Walmart that I got to get to. I got to work a double at the Walmart. (laughs) And they're like, thanks. We have no food, no water, no way to get the hell out of here. And you're just going to drop us in the... Okay, thanks. Thanks, Engine Joe. Come back after your double if we're still alive. Eh. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to. Uh, I was thinking about playing some pool. I don't know. <laughs> Got to go watch my son. Mm-hmm. It's dirt biking competition. Yeah, I mean, you can, we know how easy it is to get distracted by the dirt bike kid. All right. So um, 
they find a magical slit in a rock. Well, the sword is the key, Jackie. They flash the sword back... is the key. They flash back to the professor and Eric Estrada one more time, and they, I think they just read, like, there's a line in their tomb that they're reading that says, hey, if you're looking for Templar treasure, you'll need a key to get in, and that key is the sword. The sword is the key. In quotes, that's what I believe is written into that tomb, and the guy is like, huh. They're reading a piece of paper, I guess, something like that, but there was a, he says... There's a drawing of a sword, but at the end of it turns into a key. And then they look at each other like idiots for a while until they start chanting, the sword is the key. 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 You want to see something fun, hand this guy a bottle cap from an Olympia. (laughs) He'll be at it for a week. (laughs) The sword is the key. And they're still sounding like as many times as they say the sword is the key that they're still not real sure what that means. (laughs) No, they're not. Well, Eric Estrada is, I guess. Because the only way that all this works is that he's putting all this on. (laughs) Right? Right? Okay, so sure enough, as Jackie says, there's a slit in the ground. He puts it in like the sword in the stone. And then a light shaft, just like fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark, bounces off the sword and I guess... Points to the entrance to a large rock with the Templar thing on it. So if they it's just, just would right over there, <laughs> yeah, like maybe a few feet to the left, and just were looking around in the dirt, they would have been like, "Well, that's the Templar sign right hey. there. Let's pull on this rock." Right, but the sword is the key. It also opens up the Batman cave. And also, what if they had shown up at like two hours later? The sun wouldn't have pointed at that because there's not like in Indiana Jones. At least you got to get there at the right time with the right link staff, right? Yeah, and he's, they do it with like a weird shot when he puts the sword in the ground and he says something, like mumbles it, that's supposed to be like, ah, oh, that's a perfect sword hole in the ground there. Uh-huh. This is where this goes, but it's just like <laughs> setting it on some fucking rock. <laughs> so now, <coughs> there, there, there's this cave door opens up um, and we get another flashback out of nowhere He's walking into like a church and Erica Estrada is dressed up in full Templar gear and says, you, sir, are now also a Templar. When did this happen? When was Erica Estrada a Templar? We kind of need to know this shit. A Templar? Is he just like LARPing and is like, oh, now we're both Templars. No, you're not. You're just dudes saying that. Yeah. And then you don't get to. I don't know what happens after that. Like, well, he says, guys. I am a Templar. And they're yeah. like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he's like, oh, by the way, I already, <clears throat> he's like, oh, by the way, I should have t- probably told you this before. Uh, you're all in fucking danger. Yeah, and I'm a selfish dick. Assassins are coming to kill us because I am a Templar. I am a Templar. And they're like, you motherfucker. And the son's like, oh, that's it. I'm out of here. But the boobs bring him back. Yeah, she's like, she says some things that are completely indistinguishable as speech, and the camera just keeps tilting down to her tits. Right. And then he's like, you're right, camera, I'm coming back with this lady. (laughs) Life goes. And so outside, uh, outside the cave, the black jeep dudes have finally decided to come back and find them. 
and they just run over a couple dudes, and it's awesome. It is so awesome, and I did not think this looked like a stunt. And I was like, oh, my God, did you see that guy roll right underneath the car? That was amazing. No, so you, I was like, that's digital. You did think it looked like a stunt. I, I said yeah, you, I did. I, oh, You thought that the production assistant actually got hit by a Toyota <laughs> going 90. Yeah, I did, actually. That's a hell of a stunt. That guy gave it all for this movie. <laughs> you got to bust into the industry somehow, Sam. Yeah. I was really impressed. And then Sam's like, that's digital, stupid. Of course a guy didn't get ran over for this movie. <laughs> well, two dudes got ran over in this movie. It's pretty hilarious, too, because they're like, shit! And they just start running straight down the road. And the car, like, it's not dramatic at all when these guys get ran over. It's just two dudes getting straight up mowed down. <laughs> yeah. The thump, the thump. Plus, the movie has not done anything to prepare you no. for that level of violence. Uh, right. Because you've been... Wondering if they're not just going to themselves fall over from boredom. Yes. And so inside, they run inside, and there's a series of chambers that they have to go through with some really dumb mysteries uh, to solve. But basically, this is that, you know, like the level in Tomb Raider or Prince of Persia or God of War where you got to unlock all the doors by solving the puzzles until you can get in and find the treasure. One of the doors is unlocked with homophobia. Two dudes, one horse. <laughs> yeah, the only way you can figure it out is if you're homophobic. Hey, why are them two Nancys on that pony together? Are they gay? The professor's like, my God, you've cracked it. That's a Templar symbol. <laughs> From when they were poor. Yeah, they had to ride ponies. It's also, maybe they rode ponies because like one guy could be getting away and the other guy could be like flinging arrows from the back of the pony. You know, you don't have to. Just, Somebody just drew it wrong. Yeah, it could be strategic. Not just that they were poor assholes. <laughs> they say that they were poor uh, in the movie. I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's an inference. Captain Templar, <clears throat> dipshit. Maybe they were just being badass. You know? Well, maybe they just put the old ones on the back. Oh. So that they're like arrow catchers. Uh-huh. That could be too. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're Italian cops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they finally get to the last, well, the second to last chamber, and they're still being chased by the Praga, who I think have dynamite and are just blowing their way through the puzzle doors because these explosions and the camera shakes every now and then are like, run, and so it's kind of confusing as if there's booby traps that are going to crush them or if the Praga are coming up behind with explosives. But either way, the last room, big explosion, and a hooded figure walks in and reveals himself to be Dean Castillo from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> the snarky butthole that wasn't sad about your friend's death. Because he killed him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. He killed Eric Estrada with his fucking wooden battle axe. Yep. It's not even, it's a chopping axe. It's I a forestry it a tool. Of... Yeah. So it's not a weapon. It's a forestry tool. I thought it looked like a piece of cardboard that they painted. Well, it might have been. Brown. Yeah, might have been. And then the greatest action sequence in bad cinema history now begins. And I, it, it, me, it to me, I, I will declare this is the best I've ever seen a bad action sequence is. I would be willing to take arguments from either of you guys. 
I don't know, like, when you mean best as far as ineptitude. Yes, and entertaining at the same time. Yeah, at the same time. Well, here's the deal. That Gonzo fight that they have in America 3000. Yeah, that's pretty good. Where the lady gets powerbombed through the coffee table. Uh Uh-huh. That one, I think, is more fun, but it is definitely not inept. Like, everyone knows what they're doing in that one. Same with uh, Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Uh, that yeah. is also not inept because this is so bad and so awesome at the same time. The old man, Professor Sinclair, has unleashed the sword and his son, the hopologist, is like, here, I'll use this sword that I found on the wall <laughs> and then proceeds to get his ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> you, There's supposed to be like a lot of different fights happening at once. It establishes that that starts... The editor apparently didn't have a lot to work with here, so all they had left was some people kind of scurrying around, and then the main star of the movie, who's using this as a a, a catapult to his fame, gets jacked up by some guy in a robe so hard that he flies across the fucking room. And that's the only action you ever see this dude do after all this setting up. All of the action is in this guy. When it comes time to go, he gets fucking rocked. (laughs) Some guy just fucking punches him in the face across the room. Like, that's not it. All while sprinkled with his dad, who is not an action guy, having a... He's doing very well with his sword fighting because, don't forget, he is a Templar. (laughs) But he looks so stupid. And he's killing dudes right and left. Left and right. It's like he's actually just sort of slow dancing to new wave music and dudes keep jumping on his sword is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And eventually he gets he gets uh, the Dean down on the ground and chops his arm off and then picks up the Dean's own wood chopping axe and lops his head off. (laughs) Now he's the Dean. He's taking his ID card and he's like, this guy's not coming back. No. I get the promotion, right? Yeah, exactly. What, what, how did you get that? How did you get uh, the Dean's the dean's uh, ID card to get in here? Uh, found it. It was uh, it was by a gas pump. I don't know. I definitely didn't chop his head off. Don't don't uh, don't go looking for him, though. You're not going to find him. <laughs> It's my turn to be smirky. Right. <laughs> and then one of the, uh, you know, Templar who works there daily, his secretary shows up. Yes. And starts asking him some questions. Like, oh, come over here. You need to fill out this paperwork. Right. They've entered the last done. chamber. And Melvin's like, hey, I got cell phone reception. And then Melvin's not in the rest of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, he just goes and looks at some porn on the internet and doesn't come back. He is on Pornhub. He's been like, I've been waiting this whole time, baby. Yeah. Cell <laughs> phone reception. And so what they've entered is like a library, an underground library, where there's people working. Like, not not like the Last Crusade where there's a Templar there and he's been alive for a thousand years. There's like... Uh, there's like a fucking Starbucks in there. Yeah. There's people with folders <laughs> and they are dressed for business attire. Uh-huh. Uh, 
They've and got a, a whole... guy there that's in charge, and he's got like two assistants at least. And there's like a like one of those big campuses have have cafeterias, and you you know you get McDonald's in there and and uh, Pizza Hut. Like they've got all that. It's just <clears throat> some mall underground where there's people. Like what? We thought we were gonna open up, and there'd be like a treasure chest or something. Not just dudes. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I'm sorry, I, I broke one of the tables in that other room. And he's like, that's okay, there's an Ikea right there. Yeah, I'll just go, go over to Ikea and pick it up. And then, so I guess now that they've come through the back entrance, they're like, well, you're related to your dad, and you're... Oh, and Indian Joe is a Templar. Yeah, Indian Joe's a Templar. And uh, but then th- he just goes around like just handing out Templar stuff like, hey, you can be a Templar and you're a Templar and you're a Templar. Yeah. It's like Oprah. Yeah. This is... <laughs> Look underneath your seat. <laughs> the other really great thing about this scene making absolutely no sense is that at the end of all these Templar movies, there's usually like a treasure. Uh-huh. But the treasure is them becoming Templars. <laughs> That's the treasure that they find is themselves. (laughs) Sort of, but they're not even. Okay, so what this place is, is let's just jump to the chase. When the Templars came over here, they decided to make a new nation. Uh, You might call it a united nation or a united group of states or maybe even just let's short it up. The United States. The Templars created the United States and they've been pulling the strings since day one. They're the goddamn Illuminati. Yeah, and that's what they're been, this place is. Been running things from the desert of North Arizona, right in an um, underground mall. And so they, they cut to the end. They go into a coffee shop, and they look on camera. And some guy has launched his presidential campaign that the Templars mentioned was on line one while they were in the Templar mall. And so they are even putting presidents in place. So they are now part of the Illuminati. But let's face it, they get made Templars. But I don't think that I think it's like that, like when when a kid goes and visits the police station. Hey, you're a junior detective now. I don't think they are actually Templars. They no. get the little sticker uh-huh. to wear as a badge. Yeah, honorary, honorary plus, Templar. Plus, if they've been running America from the 1300s, that was in Mexico until like 1800 something, right? Yeah, no <laughs> shit. I'm <laughs> not doing real great. Uh, uh, and that's the movie. So what the absolute fuck? I'm going to start with... Engine Joe. I, I mean, obviously, we want to start with Engine Joe at some point. But here's Engine Joe's character arc. He sees some dudes digging in the desert and is like, okay, well, I'm a Templar. So maybe they're looking for some Templar stuff. I'll check them out. Oh, hey, they're getting spied on by dudes with black leather jackets. We know that the only people that wear black leather jackets in the desert are the Praga. Uh, so that guy's a Praga. So I got to watch him. Also, I work at a gas station, I guess, because uh, I keep seeing this guy at the gas station and we give each other the stink. Oh, he gave me the middle finger. That motherfucker. Uh, and then I'm going to go back and talk to these guys because now I know that they're okay. And then just say goodbye to them outside the back entrance. 
And then I'm going to go around and go through the Walmart entrance. Why does it, what, why did engine, why is there a back door and why do these guys have to go through the back door? Because clearly that's not the front door. There's a bunch of puzzles to get into it. Yeah, it doesn't. The only thing that makes sense and it wouldn't have made sense is at the end of the movie, if Eric Estrada was actually alive and the guy running for senator, the senator to president guy, when we knew he was somebody else and he'd be like, oh, the Templars, that's how they operate. He faked his own death to, because he has to pull every string. But because he's dead, that makes that not make sense. I don't know why this happens, why this whole movie happens, because the head Templar is Erica Estrada's brother and is like, oh, yes, we've been watching your progress for some time now, professor. Then just shoot him an email and say, hey, we're ready for you to join our ranks. You seem OK. I, my brother made you a Templar. Uh, just come over to Walmart and go over to the little uh, door and hit this secret code and you can come downstairs. Not go through the back door that's filled with booby traps. No, if you get lost, go in through the Ikea because it's easier to see from the street. <laughs> God damn it. It doesn't make sense. There's no reason for these people to have to go through this. And also, if you're at the secret society, why are you letting Marion and Robert and Melvin come in here? <laughs> yeah, Melvin made it in. Not good. <laughs> Melvin's Not still there. Good. He's still wanking it in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you, sir, are a Templar. A Templar this. <laughs> Gross. Hope you guys got some Windex. <laughs> some Templar Windex? Yeah, Windex. Oh, okay. so. I think you can buy Windex at Ikea. I don't know. <laughs> they, could, they could get it at the grocery store that's in there, too. Okay, so who else has got some stuff? We got a, we got a tough nut to crack here. It's to be continued. Oh, yeah, and it's to be continued. So what do you think that looks like? They ever made the next one. Templar Nation 2 that's never going to happen. Um, well, I hope Robert's not in it. <laughs> the story well, of Melvin. The story of, yeah, Templar Nation 2, the one that didn't make it. <laughs> shows him leaving, leading a relatively normal life where he doesn't get things burritos thrown at him. Right. Because that's what happens to the rest of these people if they become famous and rich because of their Templars now is that when they're walking down the street, someone will throw a burrito at them. But I don't think you can. I don't think that like they're sworn to secrecy. They know about the Illuminati, Sam. And they're like, well, what's to stop us from telling the press? Well, who would believe you? We could just bring them here through the Ikea. Actually, the newspapers in the building won over. I know they've even got their own newsletter down there. <laughs> the Illuminati newsletter. Come on in. Who's going to believe summer you? nights. God damn Bring it. sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we're going to have a drive through uh, movie night, guys. Come on yeah. in. Yeah. Old Maggie Haberman's down there. Bob Woodward's writing a book about it. Who's going to believe? Yeah. Like everybody. Cause you just let anybody in here. You yeah. dipshits. Mall Melvin's management's here. having a potluck on the 13th. Yeah, so what's what's Templar Nation 2? The exposure of the Illuminati? No, they have to protect the president. Oh, mm -hmm. so like So then it comes then it turns into um 
London has fallen. Yeah, the Illuminati has fallen. Right. They protect the president. Okay. Okay, that's fun. I I I, get, I like that plan. The president then, gets stuck yeah. in the bunker too with, you know, in the IKEA and the with the Starbucks and then some like the another faction of the Praga comes in and and tries to kill the president. Yeah, yeah. and thank and God that like, Robert's there to save him. No, not Robert. Robert sucks. No, it's both Robert and Indiana groans. <laughs> fucking, they're like, what are your credentials? Like, he cut some guy's arm off and I got punched in the face. We can protect you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. I like it. I like that plot. That's a good one. Um, What else, Sam? I just don't know what any of them do now. Like, what do they do now? Like, he he's the dean, I guess. We got him figured out. What does yeah. she do now? Like... Who's is she, she a doctor now that he's the dean? And Who's does she? she have uh, the booby lady? Oh, Marion. Well, Marian. she doesn't even get to graduate because at the beginning of the movie, she was supposed to. What's that called, Jackie? Uh, dissertation. Well, not it, no. Her dissertation was done. It was the peer review when the the doctors read your dissertation and critique it. <clears throat> and, oh, you present to the doctor. Yeah, you present. Yeah, that's where she was at, and he's like. Well, you either have to do this or you don't get to go to that Native American treasure. And then the dean comes in, dean bad guy, and is like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of that. And we know that he didn't because he's the fucking villain. He ejected her from that university. So, no, she didn't graduate. Well, with a set like that, she doesn't need it. Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) She's going to marry Rich. (laughs) Please not Robert. Because they all make out at the end, and of course Robert gets the booby later. Yeah, he it. like kisses her, and she's like, "I tried to bone you the other night." Yeah, and I, you talked about your mom. Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to get to second base, <laughs> mommy? <laughs> is it weird that every time we start to make out, I think about my mom? Yeah, it is, dude. I think I need to go away forever. Okay. So that's the only one that we can figure out. What about Robert? What's Robert's character arc now that he's a Templar? He starts a YouTube video of fitness and just posts a bunch of him like doing push-ups and shit. Oh, like, like his whole, he could be like Billy Blanks and have like his own YouTube training channel called like Templar toughness or something like that yeah tt toughness yeah uh, the subscriber count of three <laughs> now melvin got a video of him getting jacked up in the fight <laughs> and so he just becomes an endless meme <laughs> <laughs> just one of those looping gifs of him getting bouncing off a wall yeah. <laughs> fail 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 <laughs> okay i like that too i like that too um okay and then uh yeah I mean, the whole movie is just so what the fuck the entire time that like it's so hard to come up with questions for movies like these because the whole thing is a big question mark. Like, why does it even take place? But uh, yeah. okay, I guess that wraps it up, guys. Final recommendations. I'm going to start. I love this movie. This is maybe Hall of Fame material because it's wonderful from start to finish and every scene is a so bad it's good example and it's highly riffable and fun even if you're doing it by yourself uh Templar Nations of it's one of the best movies that we've ever done Jackie 
I'm also going to give it a do. Very entertaining. <clears throat> the storyline was a little choppy. I mean, <laughs> a little choppy. <laughs> everybody likes a, a mother suicide thrown in there for fun. But, uh, <laughs> you know, overall, it, it's a good time and it's a nice ride. Yeah. Sammy. I love it. This is my third time through. I think it's a must, especially if you've seen the if you're one of those that's argues over Neil Breen versus Wasau, you got to watch this one and go, oh, OK, it's such an undiscovered gem like this thing should just be, you know, I, and I think part of it is because there's actually less ineptitude in certain ways, like the way it's shot and the equipment that it's shot on. And the sound design is so much better. It's almost good enough to be on the sci-fi channel. Like, it's almost that good as far as production quality. But then everything else sucks so hard. So I think a lot of people, like, look at it and see that. And they, like, maybe instantly assume that it's an Asylum movie. But it's not. It's probably a Mormon movie. And those are always way better than anything that's ever going to come out of the Asylum. So I think that it just doesn't have that this looks bad factor to it like the other. Two. Yeah, it doesn't look that bad until but you, once get in you the start cave. until you like start paying attention to it. Then you realize like somebody knows how to use a camera. Everybody else doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Actually, no, that's not true because Robert Dutcher knows how to steal line, steal screen time by <laughs> taking forever to deliver a line like nobody's business. That guy walks all over this production. It's hilarious. His, his line delivery is like watching Rod from Birdemic walk and park a car. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's your episode, guys. Uh, next week, we will be doing uh, National Treasure, I believe also streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, so time to revisit that for everybody. And uh, then we'll have a, uh, a Corona sode after that. And then a big announcement from me uh, as far as my pick. So uh, enjoy your week, guys. Stay safe out there and get to the chopper. Fans of Stinker Madness, iTunes thinks you don't like us. What? How is that possible? Well, it's because you haven't given us a review yet. Go to Stinker Madness on iTunes and take just a couple seconds to rate and review us there. While you're at it, hit up Stitcher.com as well. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at forward slash Madness. And email us at talk at We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and get to the chopper.